0: today as we try to make our way through uh, section five uh, we think we're going to be able to actually complete it today which would be excellent and exciting Uh, at least that's the hope Uh, as always as we make our way through don't hesitate to uh, chat up in the uh, discussion chat live uh, back and forth we are having our back and forth chat there post links post photos post all kinds of fun stuff Uh, And especially if any of you happen to have Twitter open at the same time, post uh, any news or things that happens to be happening live. I've been a bit addicted, as I know Jack has as well, uh, to everything that's happening. It's a very strange time. But a few few bits of housekeeping. Uh, First off, I want to thank everyone who took part in our... Uh, We had a first monthly meeting on setting a few things about the server into a little bit more of a standard. Uh, We are going to be launching our zine in a handful of weeks. We are going to be launching our Patreon, probably around the same time. uh, Mostly to defray costs of the server and get a couple people a couple bucks who are doing a lot of hard labor for us. Um, We are also, uh, Friday, going to be having our first movie night. Uh, which should be fun. We are starting with Eraserhead, uh, and we will be watching it as a large group, commenting, drinking, commentary, critiquing, all of those fun parts. Uh, We actually have a few people on the server who've never seen Eraserhead, so that should be at least uh, entertaining. And it is one of my favorite movies. I just said it wasn't a perfect one to start with because everyone's seen it, but as you showed me, Jack, turns out not to be true. (laughs) Um, we also have a number of talks that have continued this week uh, and are continuing to go. Uh, Wednesday, we have our Deleuze and Delanda talk, which is great. Uh, tomorrow, of course, we have our review of everything we covered today. Uh, Saturdays, we've been having our literature discussion get going, and this week we are going over Blake's Marriage of Heaven and Hell, uh, the deeply... Th- theosophic, but somehow revolutionary work. Uh, I haven't read that in years, so that should be great. So uh, be sure to join Saturday noon Los Angeles time for that. Uh, But for now, uh, we are going to uh, jump into our chat. If anyone has any last things they want to bring up as we uh, talk today, uh, feel free to let me know. Uh, Is there anything, last little things? Kent, Jack, Varun? Any big stuff?
1: Yeah, just one. Um, There is going to be a continued reading of Simondon, for which the the details and the text information can be found in the hashtag Simondon channel.
0: Well, anything else? All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and start our reading today. Uh, for those of us who are following in the Minnesota Press Edition, uh, we are on page 96. We are at the paragraph that begins, we believe. And I'm going to go ahead and start reading in just a moment. I uh, want to get a few things quickly situated so that way I get this going. I'm going to edit this out of the final thing. All right. And we continue. We believe that this is also true in the case of the family-society relationship. Uh, To quickly break down where we left off, because they're referring to what we were just discussing. Um, The last few paragraphs have been deeply talking about how the Oedipal Triangle used as a society cipher is possibly not the way for everything to be thought of. Uh, That the Oedipus... Uh, complex as a thing does exist. It is a way for us to frame issues that people have with parentages, uh, all kinds of issues as they grow up, their relationship with their father, their mother, but it is not necessarily a one-size-fits-all and, in fact, leaves out a great deal of problems that humanity has. We believe that this is also true in the case of the family-society relationship. There is no Oedipal Triangle. Oedipus is always open in an open social field. Oedipus opens to the four winds, to the four corners of the social field. Not even three plus one, but four plus in. A poorly closed triangle, a porous or seeping triangle, an exploded triangle from which the flows of desire escape in the direction of other territories. It is strange that we had to wait for the dreams of colonized people in order to see that on the vertices of the pseudo triangle, mommy was dancing with the missionary. Daddy was being fucked by the tax collector while the self was beaten, being beaten by a white man. It is precisely this pairing of parental figures with agents of another nature, their locking embrace similar to that of wrestlers that keeps the triangle from closing up again, from being valid in itself from claiming to express or represent this different nature of the agents that are in question in the unconscious itself. When Franz Fanon encounters a case of persecution psychosis linked to the death of the mother, he first asks himself if he has to deal with an unconscious guilt complex following on the death of the mother, as Freud had described in Mourning and Melancholia. But he soon learns that the mother has been killed by a French shol- soldier, and that the subject himself has murdered the wife of a colonist who disemboweled ghost perpetually appears before him, carrying along with it and tearing apart the memory of the mother. It could always be said that these extreme situations of war trauma, of colonization, of dire poverty, and so on, are unfavorable to the construction of the Oedipal apparatus, and that it is precisely because of this that these situations favor a psychotic development or explosion. But we have a strong feeling that the problem lies elsewhere. Apart from the fact that a certain degree of comfort found in the bourgeois family is admittedly necessary to turn out Oedipalized subjects, the question of knowing what is actually invested in the comfortable conditions of a supposedly normal or normative Oedipus is pushed still further into the background. So first, my I'm just going to make an assumption around a couple things, and Kent, uh, feel free to, and Varun, feel free to jump in, because uh, I know we did a reading of Clastris, uh, Society Against the S- uh, State. I believe that earlier part where they're talking about strange to see the dreams of colonized people in order to see that on the vertices, that seems to be a direct reference to his sort of takedown of Oedipus in the colonized people.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, it, the, uh, you know, the Algerian conflict was going on at this time, I believe.
3: Uh, when they're talking about Oedipal subjectivity, there's a whole aspect of Oedipal subjectivity where they're talking about uh, when the subject identifies themselves uh, I mean, under under a form of Oedipal subjectivity when a subject sort of identifies themselves with, uh, with a group, right? So w- one of the arguments you're going to make is that um, essentially the reason why we have uh, sort of race conflicts even is because of errors of subjectivity.
0: Right. Well, and so – um, how I read a lot of this is that um, when, when we start talking about uh, France Fanon uh, encountering the case of the persecution psychosis, he first actually goes – and they're, they're using this as a sort of literary example of uh, assuming the Oedipal versus the colonized uh, versus uh, sort of other base uh, drives, other base uh, issues one may have with society. Uh, Instead of learning that the son may have killed the mother, he learns that the mother was killed by a French soldier. Uh, Could be said extreme situations of war trauma, colonization of dire poverty, and so on are unfavorable to the construction of the Oedipal apparatus. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's kind of interesting there too, is right, since we're still talking about uh, consummating consuming subjectivity and uh, or rather synthesis and how to produce these subjectivities uh, to be consumed during production. It's interesting that they would say like, it almost reads to me as though they're saying um, the reason that people who are colonial not colonialized or have trauma can't be edipalized is they don't have the bourgeois comfort that they've invested in. right? Which is a lovely little You know, they use that term a lot invested in, but it's also nice from a a capitalist perspective as a play on words. But it looks like what they're kind of the thrust of that is, if you could make people comfortable in their bourgeois um, identity, if they would invest in it, then it would actually be possible to Oedipalize them in some sense to get them to consume uh, Oedipus as a subjectivity.
0: I also can't help but think of what's happening uh, right now in America, uh, throughout so many, so many cities with the looting and the riots, uh, the extreme situations of war trauma, colonization of dire poverty, and so on, (laughs) being uh, unable to be oedipalized. And that it is precisely because of this, these situations favor a psychotic development or explosion just feels appropriate Uh, timely maybe Uh, sorry if i seem a little out of it it's been a few days um i live i live in los angeles right where uh the riots were saturday night so i've not been sleeping Uh, it's not been fun
2: but so so let let me just talk a little bit about the uh you know oedipus opens the four opens to the four winds to the four corners of the social field not even three plus one but four plus n uh, you know the fourth is the sister you know we, they've mentioned that before and uh, and then and then the the the, the plus n um, you know we've run into that with the uh, uh, the and 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 of uh, connection and the or 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 of uh, uh disjunction um so it seems like that's kind of a reference to that open-endedness of of the connective and the uh disjunctive synthesis
0: well so is that also because uh, i that opening uh, sentence well the third sentence uh, oedipus opens the door to the four winds the four corners of the social field not even three plus one but four plus n I don't that doesn't make any sense to me as a thing
2: is that well, or 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 it well it's something that they've mentioned before that that the three should really be four and it should be the sister and then the the uh and then and then the plus n is how many times that you do the conjunctive synthesis or i would say the disjunctive synthesis that that open-ended anding or oring gives
1: you the plus in. Yeah, if it helps, um, remember, they're not, it seems like what they're attacking here is the Oedipal Triangle as opposed to Oedipus, the um, the subjectivity that he undertaken. So like, even if you're going to go on, even if you can get people to do the Oedipal, or even if people take on the Oedipal by their own their own hand, right? It, it's kind of like Kent's saying too, where, um, it's not going to be restricted to this triangle. It's going to actually break out of the triangle in many ways.
2: What I'd like to mention is uh, Buckminster Fuller. You know, Buckminster Fuller in his book Synergetics, he says a system has to have four elements in it. That's a minimal system. And uh, one of the things that I realized a while back is that if you're reading uh you know, various philosophers or theorists or whatever. And they say they've got two things or they've got three things. There's usually something behind their back that they're going to bring out later that completes the system. And uh, and so, I, you know, I think that Buckminster Fuller had a real insight that the tetrahedron is a minimal system and that the, the triangle, like we get in Freud with the ego, the, the id, the superego, is not a is not a complete system. So there's something missing. So then the question is, well, what's missing? And basically, he I think that's the kind of thought that they're having here is that the, you know, the the three of Oedipus. Well, there's really four. Well, there's really more than. four
0: it seems to also be a, a push towards and I know they haven't talked much about it in this but their overarching concept of multiplicities the four plus n seems to be really pushing towards that uh, not thinking about things in terms of their very specific triangular coordination and singular location but instead this larger network of things that are implicit in, that implicate upon each other that have intensities that, uh, you know, you see via uh, probabilities rather than specifics.
2: Uh, another thing to mention is a poorly closed triangle, a porous or seeping triangle, an exploded triangle from which the flows of desire escape in the direction of other territories. Uh, you know, the uh, triangularization is the basic way of uh, of uh, mapping uh, topological. Surfaces, but uh, but you know it's interesting that uh, in mathematics they found that some surfaces cannot be mapped that way, and so uh, they're they're called exotic surfaces. And so uh, you know, I mean, if I'm remembering rightly, uh, that this realization that. Um, you know, the, the triangularization is not enough in some way has been discovered in mathematics as well
1: yeah but I think what they're trying to say about the triangularization is it's not going to the triangle can't be closed because mommy doesn't exist in isolation she exists in conjunction with the, the missionary the self doesn't exist in isolation it exists in conjunction with the white man beating it uh, and I, where I'm getting that is uh, the, the sentence after I think the one you read it is strange that we had to wait for the dreams of colonized peoples in order to see that on the vertices of the pseudo triangle mommy was dancing with a missionary daddy was being fucked by the tax collector while the self was being beaten by a white man it is precisely this pairing of the parental figures with agents of another nature their locking embrace, similar to that of wrestlers, that keeps the triangle from closing up again, from being valid in itself, and from claiming to express or represent this different nature of the agents that are in question in the unconscious itself.
2: Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I just like to mention that in uh, critique of dialectical reason, Sartre uses the wrestling match as the as the kind of medium. For talking about dialectics, that that you know the two opposites that are in contradiction are like the two wrestlers. But around the wrestlers, there's all kinds of people. There are the trainers. There are the the people putting on the wrestling. There is the audience. There are a whole lot of people that are watching the spectacle of the the wrestling or the boxing.
0: Hmm. All good. Okay. Um, who would like to read through, would anyone like to read through the next paragraph? Okay.
3: the revolutionary is first to have the right to say Oedipus never heard of it. Such is the quote that Owen mentioned on our first reading session, by the way. Uh, for the disjointed uh, fragments of Oedipus remain stuck to all the corners of the historical social field as a battlefield and not a scene from the bourgeoisie theater. Too bad if the psychoanalysis roar their disapproval at this point. Fanon pointed out that troubled times, troubled I'm times, had unconscious effects only on the active militants, but also on those claiming to be neutral and remain outside the affair uninvolved in politics. The same could also be said with respect to apparently peaceful times. What a grotesque error to think that the unconscious as a child is acquainted only with daddy mommy and that it doesn't know its own way, that its father has a boss who is not a father's father, or moreover that its father himself is a boss who is not a father. Therefore we formulate the following rule, which we feel to be applicable in all cases. The father and the mother exist only as fragments and are never organized into a figure or a structure, able to both, able both to represent the unconscious and to represent in it the various agents of the collectivity. Rather, they always sh- shatter into fragments that come into contact with these agents, meet them face to face, square off with them, or settle them, settle the differences with them in hand to hand combat.
0: There's there's a couple parts I really want to do drive uh, some attention towards that I really enjoy Um, the the section where they're talking about Fanon uh, and uh, because we I forgot to bring it up again I'm a bit out of it apologies. Um, France Fanon uh, was a psychoanalysis psychoanalyst uh, sort of uh, theoretical guy who came about prior to this started publishing books in fifties and sixties mostly uh regarding colonization uh and uh because he was from uh god where was he from uh, martinique
1: martinique
0: martinique um uh and so his uh being a black psychoanalyst for martinique during this era of colonization i think would give him a very unique uh perspective on things and it did and so a lot of his criticism of Psychoanalysis, a lot of his criticism on how people treated each other came from this very, very unique lens. Uh, And he wrote a wonderful book, The Wretched of the Earth, which is the only thing I've read by him. Please, if anyone else has other stuff, bring it up. Um, Phenomenal overall story on the critique of nationalism and internationalism and uh, what was really going on. And he talked at length about sort of the. The suppression that happens uh, to sort of everyone involved uh, inside of colonialism, specifically, I wanted to draw this Banan pointed out that troubled times had unconscious effects, not only on active militants, but also on those claiming to be neutral and to remain outside the affair uninvolved in politics. The same could be said with respect to apparently peaceful times. What a grotesque error to think that the unconscious child is acquainted only with daddy-mommy, and that it doesn't know in its own way that its father has a boss who is not a father's father. Uh, I really enjoy <laughs> this. The The timing of uh, these sections as I was kind of reading through them last night felt, again, super appropriate in a really weirdly coincidental way. But they're talking deeply about that, that it's not... Uh, just people who are, seem to be the most harmed. Varun, uh, uh, please correct me if you have different thoughts on this, but uh, the way I, I read this is they're talking at like at length about how you don't necessarily have to be part of a very specific edible triangle, that understanding that the ebbs and flows of your father, that the people who are involved who actually have conflict, that there is this existence outside, that even children understand that.
3: Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> The one way I'm understanding the way they understand desire is it's connective, right? Everything everything starts to be connective. So once there are sort of restrictions applied, everyone is sort of affected by those restrictions. So I, I agree with your point there then.
4: I wanted to add if I could, um, uh, Fanon, I'm a big fan of Fanon and his life story in and of itself is actually really fascinating. Uh, coming from Martinique, he ended up wor- uh, volunteering in the, free, you know, to be in the French army in World War II, and that was like, one of his major breaks, understanding, experiencing racism on the continent. But he didn't just write about this stuff, he ended up joining the Algerians, like he effectively worked with the Algerian revolutionaries and was a big propagandist for them. And there's a great collection of his articles from that time called Called Towards the African Revolution, that has uh, actually another really relevant, uh, relevant essay that I love to cite called French Intellectuals on the Left and the Algerian Struggle. That is another great um, sort of approach to talking about moderation and, and you know, dire circumstances mm-hmm. and struggle. Um, I'd also recommend Black Skin, White Mass, that's the other foundational text that's much more strictly psychoanalytic before Wretched of the Earth, as one to, to delve into. But I just wanted to bring up one thing of his that I always love to. To, to reference, um, when he, this quote where he says, they pointed out that troubled times had the effect not just on the militants, but on uh, everyone. There's an, there's an amazing bit in, um, I think, on, in Wretched of the Earth on the essay on violence, where he is describing the colonized and the settler zones, and he has this great move where he's kind of talking about the differences between these zones and the way they exist and their characteristics. But then he goes on to say, uh, I think I'm, I have the quote up here. He says that they're not actually to, to, to end colonialism and to destroy what it does. It, do, it doesn't mean the destruction of the settler zone. So he says uh, to break up the colonial world does not mean that after the frontiers have been abolished, lines of communication will be set up between the two zones. The destruction of the colonial world is no more and no less than the abolition of one zone, its burial in the depths of the earth or its expulsion from the country. And I always thought it's a really interesting and telling way of you know his everything he contributed to that uh, the French left and these philosophers from that time to rethinking their approach to, to the Al- algeria as well as issues of psychoanalysis and racism i love that idea of like what he's saying there's not two zones this isn't two separate you know communities it's one kind of like torrential thing that's pulling everyone into it and expelling them outwards again so um yeah i just thought that was relevant to the to the bit there
0: and a, a lot of that's relevant to kind of what Happening outside of our doors. Um, the, the the whole bit about um, the. Uh, I, I, ho- I wholly suggest people read, read the Regent of the Earth. Uh, it will be in uploaded documents which once uh, uh, we're able to get there. It's a really interesting read and could not be more timely. Any last thoughts on this paragraph before we jump forward?
1: Yes, to expand on uh, what Alyosha said too, and the, the previous paragraph, what we're seeing is just why the, the triangle is unable to close on at um, the vertices, right? If if Daddy's got a Daddy, and that Daddy's got a Daddy, and all that, right? You get into a problem of uh, of like the Oedipal triangle just constantly throwing out more vertices, and it, you, it, it's just going to get um, ridiculous, like a Uh, Ptolemaic system right where you've just got to keep drawing more orbits to explain orbits Uh, but i I wanted to point out too um this one the few times i think we're going to get like a basic rule or law uh in philosophy right so we get um that the father and mother exist only as fragments and are never organized into a figure or a structure able both to represent the unconscious and to represent it in the various agents of the collectivity. Rather, they always shatter into fragments that come into contact with these agents, meet them face to face, square off with them, or settle the differences with them in hand-to-hand combat." What I really like is um, we're seeing that uh, these vertices and all these other different uh, subjectivities, they get consumed and consummated and that all these different roles on the socius, right, uh, not only can they be moving and changing, but it also goes back to what Alyosha was saying, where there's all these different territories, and there's there's um, a sort of conflicting relationship that's always occurring between them when they interact, as opposed to some sort of neat triangulation. It's all fragments, as opposed to Jung, where it would be or like, uh, archetypes being filled it's kind of the reverse
0: well it feels uh, they're they're constantly bringing up a fan f- on um and i Alyosha, you know him more than i do but one of the things i took away from wretched of the earth is uh to again talk about uh the de of these things is his reliance on the lumpen proletariat uh the criminals the shittiest parts of society and finding a way not to radicalize them, they're almost impossible to radicalize, but instead to uh, utilize them as a tool inside of the revolution, um, that that feels like another sort of separate deterritorialization territorialization uh, that they're talking about here, this sort of breaking of that classic triangle of the child who's aware of mommy and daddy and who fits into that. Uh, Fanon's I mean, his consistent point is that actually, no, that doesn't work, that the child, uh, the, the, the colonized, uh, spends most of their time trying to place themselves in that to the point where he talks about how they, uh, they romanticize their own history, uh, but they still treat it as though it's a corpse. So the, the pre-colonial world that they live in uh, is dead. But they 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 dress themselves in it as though they're honoring something that's gone, and they're broke. They're stuck in that sort of edipal triangle here, whereas <laughs> they could very easily just jump to the lumpen proletariat and start actually becoming more uh, revolutionary in that sense. Is that a fair way to put it, Alyosha? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's a beast of a text, and he and I think it's great because he kind of rankles both the French left as well as the his own colonial allies, uh, anti-colonial allies, in it. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you actually in that because I, I wrote most of my thesis on black skin, white masks, and and stuff like and towards the African Revolution, but uh, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the title, The Wretched of the Earth, is about how the the criminals and the worst parts, the smugglers. And the people who are uh, the beggars, the homeless, hobos, uh, all kinds of things uh, are the ones who are able to, because they uh, exist almost outside of the system, uh, they're able to be the ones who are truly revolutionary. It's a really interesting concept.
3: I mean, one of the things they're also going to say is that the Oedipus Triangle, as it's construed within the nuclear family and psychoanalysis, is that it's, it's a weak thing it's uh, it's as, a, as, a, as an entity on its own it's pretty weak and it always needs it reinforcing from the outside and uh, one of the ways it can be reinforced is uh, psychoanalysis uh, like Freudian sort of psychoanalysis and you know weaker forms of social production. so I think what, another thing that they're getting at here is that uh, you know deterritorialization and actually I don't want to use that word yet because it's been my cause of problems but uh, like um, things like the setting free of these flows in different and new ways can—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, it's, it's always being. Um, how do I say it? It's, it's, its the flows that are being captured almost are 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 weak in their very nature, and uh, um, they're always needing reinforcing. Mm. So one of the ways that, that happens—it's not just psychoanalysis, but. Um, you know, I, th- I think one way to also understand what uh, Deleuze and Guattari mean by fascism is to consider lack. Right for them, fascism is almost lack. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I don't know if that's that's a fair interpretation, but I, I, I don't. I think that might be where Foucault was
2: going. But could could I just mention uh, this thing about uh, and uh, the father and mother? exist only as fragments and are never organized into a figure or structure uh, able to both represent the unconscious uh, and to represent in it the various agents of the collectivity. So when they say figure, you know, they're kind of rejecting formalism, like Russian formalism. And uh, when they when they uh, mention structure, they're rejecting structuralism. Uh, which uh, Dera, Derrida found a way to deconstruct because he said that, you know, the idea, the idea of structuralism is to get away from unity at the level of the form and put it at the level of structures, which is kind of like permutations of opposites. And uh, but uh, Derrida uh, said that uh, structuralism also has a unity. And we need to question that unity as well as the one for of the form and so it seems like they're questioning both of these uh levels together and, and then the other the other point which i think is interesting is that this fragmentation you know it goes very deep because there is this essential uh, fragmentation of being and I put in the chat a uh, book by Chris McDaniel called the fragmentation of Being where he explores this idea that being itself is fragmented.
1: To, to expand on that, how I'm interpreting that rule is like the way we structure things and the way we figure them through these systems like Oedipus, but this could be extended beyond Oedipus so as to represent things like the, uh, the unconscious, right? Uh, so this can't just be uh, delimited to Oedipus. It goes beyond that. But these these structural, um, shall we say, scriptings, come into conflict as I as I'm interpreting the rule, with the actual living of um, subjectivities, with the actual living in the collective, with the actual consummating consumption process. So what I see is like you've got the 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 father as a whole in a structure becoming immediately fragmented and wrestling with the person who's participating in the world, maybe as a father, but also under uh, so many other different relationships they're plugged into. And so you yeah. get a wrestle match thereby.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's where almost that paranoiac aspect of disjunction comes in with the triangle, where it sort of uh, narrows down everything. I mean, they're also going to say later that we never imagined, uh, we never imagined to go and say that, uh, psychoanalysis invented Oedipus rather than subjects already come, come in ed- edipalized, um, and they demand, they, and they actually demand Oedipalization even more. So what the, what they're saying here is that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not some psychoanalytical, invention but it's it's the it's the way desire has been structured
1: and the way it gets invested in
0: well on that i i'm gonna sort of push us into the next paragraph uh i'll go ahead and start reading because i think we're about to dive into this and they it's it's a really uh more deliberate it's a beautiful paragraph yes uh, it's, it's great uh, so i'm going to try to read through it and then uh, i actually don't know if we'll do much analysis on it because it is fairly self-explanatory <clears throat> um, the father the mother and the self are at grips with and directly coupled to the elements of the political and historical situation the soldier the cop the occupier the collaborator the radical the resistor the boss the boss's wife <laughs> who constantly break all triangulations and who prevent the entire situation from falling back on the familial complex and becoming internalized in it. In a word, the family is never a microcosm in the sense of an autonomous figure, even when inscribed in a larger circle that is said it, that it is said to mediate and express. The family is, by nature eccentric, decentered. <laughs> We are told of fusional, divisive, tubular, and foreclosing families. But what produces the hiatuses and their distribution that indeed keep the family from being an interior? There is always an uncle from America, a brother who went bad, an aunt who took off with a military man, a cousin out of work, bankrupt, or a victim of the crash, an anarchist grandfather, a grandmother in the hospital, crazy or senile. The family does not engender its own ruptures. Families are filled with gaps and transected transected by breaks that are not familial. The commune, the Dreyfus Affair, religion, atheism, the Spanish Civil War, the rise of fascism, Stalinism, the Vietnam War, May 68, all these things form complexes of the unconscious, more effective than everlasting Oedipus. And the unconscious is indeed at issue here. If, in fact, there are structures, they do not exist in the mind, in the shadow of a fantastic phallus distributing the lacunae, the passages, and the articulations. Structures exist in the immediate, impossible real. As Witold Grombrowicz says, the structuralists search for their structures in culture. As for myself, I look for them in the immediate reality. My way of seeing things was in direct relationship to the events of the times Hitlerism, Stalinism, fascism. I was fascinated by the grotesque and terrifying forms that surfaced in the sphere of the interhuman, destroying all that was held dear until then. I actually don't know how much analysis we have to do on that section because it
1: is.
2: Uh, well, well i just like to much. mention an al- a, 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 uh, example of this uh, structuralism in plain sight, and it's the salt and pepper shakers on the table. You know, they're black and white. And those are the only two that are presented of the spices. So you know, that's kind of what Levi-Strauss tried to say, is that, that these things which are structures are immediately present, they're not hidden away somewhere. And they're not just in mythology, but they're in the structuring of the environment. Uh, and there, there was a sociologist named Garfinkel who created something called ethnomethodology, where he tried to break structures in the immediate environment in order to see what happened, <clears throat> in order to reveal those structures. Well,
0: and I, and I this this paragraph. Uh as I've read it and I've read it every time has always been to me, the moment where they finally are making good on that thing. They've been saying so very much, look, Oedipus is real. We're not saying there's no such thing as Oedipus. We're just saying Oedipus ain't the whole picture. And when they say that, of course you go fine. What's the rest of the picture? And they don't say that very often. They, they hint at it, but this feels like that first time where they're like, look, there's these deep, massive things that are constantly happening to us the family is eccentric decentered inside of it um but these things these separations from it what produces those separations is all of these other massive things the family the family does not engender its own ruptures families are filled with gaps and transected by breaks that are not familial is such a telling sentence and so good for this uh Families, by nature, are a product of the time. They're a product of the society. There's, and they extend far beyond the mother, daddy, son setup. You laugh, Jack. You laugh. You laugh at
5: me. Um, I think uh, um, I think he does kind of touch on this a little bit of what is outside the this edible familial relation. Um, when he talks about like the Dreyfus affair, and I think he continues that example into the next paragraph, if I recall.
3: Yeah. Wait. Before we go go on into this paragraph, I just wanted to ask if if, if, if it's, it's, I have the Penguin edition. But uh, on page ninety seven, does the word distribution that's towards the bottom of the page does it have like a is it spelled weirdly for you guys? For you guys?
2: That's number that's, one. Yes. That's an error. There's two errors on this page. One at the top. On the third line as well. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was wondering if they were doing any
3: weird um something
0: no it's an error yeah Yeah. there's some there's some weird uh, typos and the pdf uh because it uses text recognition in order to discover itself uh and through here there's weird font changes that i'm totally unable to explain uh that are fully up to the publisher i don't think they went well i think for these two lines we need to switch to a more blah, blah blah font i don't think that's part of the text um there's I, some weird I can
4: read words. the next
0: one if you guys want. So, uh, um, one, one, one word I want to go over real quick uh, if anyone here happens to speak French. Uh, the word that I skipped over here because I cannot pronounce it was there uh, in parentheses after hiatuses. What produces the hiatuses? Copures? Anyone want to? I don't know what that word means. Copures. All right, fine. I'll just Google it.
3: I uh, mean, one thing that they make pretty clear is, is, is that the, when they talk about the centering of the family, right, it's not really this uh, – the, the family is not this one isolated because they talk a lot about uh, production and under under a form of capitalism. Production is separated between reproduction and uh, social production is two different things. What, one of the things that desiring production says is that social production and uh, – and, uh, and desiring production are the same thing, but two different regimes. So, uh, one thing that the nuclear family does is—is is it divide? It creates this sort of uh, dichotomy between uh, uh, reproduction and uh, production, which which production under sort of and that's under capitalism. Um, so, so, one thing that happens is that the the Oedipalized individual. Uh, is, is identifying with either mommy and daddy, mommy or daddy, so it's sort of like... Now recording. The, 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 the familial structure is, is limited, and what they're going to say is that, no, there's basically just so much more, and that's why they give all these poetic examples.
0: <laughs> and it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Just quickly about that, because I have been researching what a co- copure is, um, and it actually works better than hiatuses. Hiatus is definitely not... What their original translation or original French wrote. Um, they're talking deeply throughout this about the family being this thing that explodes outside of the walls. Uh, copure is literally a uh, means of opening and closing uh, a wall. So uh, if you have a giant hedge, a flood wall, a levee, um, all of these things, the the moment that the, the thing breaks or that, that thing you can open and close is a copure. And so uh, the that actually works a lot better for what they're talking about here uh, the distribution that indeed keeps the family from being an interior what is that thing that breaks that breaks this wall that ruins it uh, from being this perfect triangulation and that's when they go into the uncle from America, brother who went bad uh, uh, all of which applies in some weird way to my family uh, so that's good Um
4: isn't this also the term they've been using since the beginning for like brake detachments and stuff like that
0: It it is I, hiatuses is just an awkward phrasing because i don't think that's at least it doesn't mean the same thing to me as i think they're intending it
3: yeah i mean uh sec- in chapter one section five the machines when they're talking about the hile and the flow uh i think the word corpus is used explicitly <laughs>
0: good to know so that's what that is means of closing and opening in a wall it's a section that basically is a giant door for that wall that allows things to explode out and rush out uh, generally used in dams and levees and dikes uh, to keep water flowing
1: if if i could expand on that and your previous point but i just wanted to um uh kind of wrap it wrap that all together because i think uh your interpretation was really good right and so like what i was reading in this is that when we create structures apart from um the immediate real then it becomes a question of not us necessarily internalizing the structures but the structures internalizing us which is one of the problems with oedipus right you've got to invest in this outside structure while you're fighting with your reality and so i really like the way that they've Kind of turned this around and said actually all the structures that are going on are already there right when may when, when the 68 um occurred in, in france and the similar to now those those protests and everything broke out structures emerged that people understood themselves within they didn't need um some sort of um departure from reality to to discover uh, desiring production, to discover um, consummating consumption. In a similar way with the protests that are going on now, right, there's a question of how do you how do you contain all this within some sort of structural understanding, whether it's with the protesters or even with COVID. Um, but in, in a similar vein, we could apply to Lewis and Guattari and say that those structures have already actually emerged and they're already there. I'll
0: continue to move on, though. Who would like to read the next section? I can do it. Awesome, let's do it.
4: I I can. Shall I just
2: go? Yeah, please. Uh,
4: Hellenists were right to remind us that, even in the case of Worthy Oedipus, it was already a matter of politics. They are simply wrong in concluding from this that the libido has nothing to do with any of it. Quite the contrary. What is invested by the libido throughout the disjoint elements of Oedipus, especially given the fact that these elements never form a mental structure that is autonomous and expressive, are these extra-familial, sub gaps and breaks, these forms of social production in conjunction with desiring production. Uh, schizoanalysis, therefore, does not hide the fact that it is a political and social psychoanalysis, a militant analysis, not because it would go about uh, generalizing oedipus and culture under the ridiculous conditions that have been the norm until now, is a militant analysis on the contrary because it proposes to demonstrate the existence of an unconscious libidinal investment of socio-historical production distinct from the conscious investments coexisting with it. Proust is not wrong in saying that, far from being the author of an intimate work, he goes further than the proponents of a populist or proletarian art who are content to describe the social and the political in willfully expressive works. For his part, he is interested in the manner in which the Dreyfus affair and then World War I cut across families, introducing into them new breaks and new connections resulting in a modification of the heterosexual and homosexual libido in the decomposed milieu of the Garmantes, for example.
0: yeah i think um i mean we're starting to get into them doing some flat out explanations i'm not sure we have to spend much time doing anything deep analysis does anyone have any questions or thoughts on anything in that before we move on to the next paragraph because i think we're going to hit a few where we can kind of start flying through this pretty quickly which is thank god
1: just wanted to say i really like the um the line it is a militant analysis, on the contrary, because it proposes to demonstrate the existence of an unconscious, libidinal investment of socio-historical production, distinct from the conscious investments coexisting with it. I really like that as we're moving through this, right, um, it's not like everything everything that's occurred and all these different things going on in the world can really be um, separated from us, both historically and in the immediate
0: it's uh, accurate to talk about Proust. Um, as one of the things he did is he talked about events cutting across families. And it was, again, these are things that we almost take for granted now, but it was really interesting to see that. Uh, it was a unique voice at the time, for sure. <laughs> Uh, winter ice has a great question does anyone know the specific lines in la recherche he references here it seems like a roger question wish he was here because i i don't know what direct lines we will uh let's let's uh put a pin in that i'm gonna make a mark Uh, And let's make sure that we uh, go over that tomorrow uh, during the review session. I'll try to see if I can find it tonight, Winter Ice. Uh, So be be watching. We will ping you if we figure it out. We may not figure it out. Yeah, I've not read nearly enough Proust, uh, so I, I can't answer that quickly. Um, Bigum Guven asks, why do they place themselves within psychoanalysis, explain schizoanalysis as political and social? Is it because of the libidinal energy and unconscious?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at, go back to critical theory, right? You even had people like Herbert Marcuse, and uh, I mean, they were starting to get like to the base of economics, right? Uh, where, Where do desires actually come from? And uh, I mean, the main study of desire throughout that point of time in history was always through people like Freud, Lacan. Those were the people who were basically analyzing desires. So many people were drawing upon them. Like, um, I think every like critical, even Foucault talks about this, right? Uh, you had to respect Freud's dreams. So every critical theorist at that time was almost looking at Freud to understand where desire occurs in economics and political economy. Um, so so i i think what they're turning to psychoanalysis they're going to see how these desires get manipulated you know your lack is not actually a personal lack within the individual it's created by a form a weak form of social production i don't know if that helps though
0: fantastic way to put it um let's go ahead and uh, continue reading i'll go ahead and jump into the next uh chapter next section sorry It is the function of the libido to invest the social field in unconscious forms, thereby hallucinating all history, reproducing in delirium entire civilization, races, and continents, and intensely feeling the becoming of the world. There is no signifying chain without a Chinaman, an Arab, and a black who drop into trouble the night of a white paranoiac. Schizoanalysis sets out to undo the expressive Oedipal unconscious, always artificial, repressive and repressed mediated by the family, in order to attain the immediate productive unconscious. Yes, the family is a stimulus, but a stimulus that is qualitatively indifferent, an inductor that is neither an organizer nor a disorganizer. As for the response, it always comes from another direction. If there is indeed language, it is on the side of the response, not the stimulus. Even Oedipal psychoanalysis recognized the indifference. Of the effective parental images, the irreducibility of the response to the stimulation performed by these images, but it contented itself with understanding the response by starting from an expressive symbolism that was still familial, instead of interpreting it in an unconscious system of production as such, analytical economy.
4: Um, um.
1: That probably helps answer um, Begum's question, too, and expand on what Varun said, right? They're de in schizo- um, psychoanalysis and um, sort of uh, unfurling, desiring production and the unconscious uh, level, both for for the person, but also in the social sense.
5: interesting dynamic with that kind of stimulus response model too which is a little bit more clarifying than some of the paragraphs are is this one is yes. very clear
0: yeah it, i think we're going to we're starting to get into those that are uh where, where obviously they're working together the two of them to write these rather than one trying to make a point and then the other feeling like they take two steps backwards to make the same point. Um, would anyone like to jump through the next chapter? The next, sorry, the next paragraph. My brain is not working uh,
1: Jack, Jack. very Yeah, I'll volunteer for that section. <laughs> <clears throat> the great argument of familialism is, quote, at least in the beginning, End quote. This argument may be explicitly formulated, but it also persists implicitly in theories that nevertheless refuse the viewpoint of Genesis. At least in the beginning, this argument runs, the unconscious is expressed in a state of familial relations and constellations, where the capital R real, the capital I imaginary, and the capital S symbolic intermingle. In this conception, the metaphysical and social relations arise afterward in the manner of a beyond. And since the beginning, always proceed by twos. This is even the necessary condition for rendering escape impossible. A first pre-Oedipal beginning is invoked. Quote, the primitive non-differentiation of the most precocious stages of the personality. End quote. In the relationship with the mother, then a second beginning is involved, Oedipus itself with the law of the father and the exclusive differentiations that the law prescribes at the heart of the family. And finally, latency, the celebrated latency, after which the beyond begins. But beyond, uh, excuse me, but since this beyond consists in duping others into taking the same path, the children to come. And also since the first beginning is said to be so-called pre-Oedipal, only to indicate that it already belongs to Oedipus as a referential hatzis, It is quite clear that the two ends of Oedipus have simply been closed, and that the beyond and the afterward will always be interpreted in terms of Oedipus, in relation to Oedipus, within the framework of Oedipus. Everything will be reduced to Oedipus, as the discussions on the comparative role of childhood factors and actual factors in neurosis bear out, how could it be otherwise, so long as the so-called actual factor is conceived of in this form of the afterword?
3: I mean, it's almost like they're echoing back to uh, the first section of this chapter, where they were talking about the pre edipal exo edipal and para-Oedipal stages, um, where Oedipus is, despite whatever what happens, right, even if the child is not at you know, for Freud, the Oedipus stage happens at a very specific point of time, and it's 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 something like the phallus that allows you to skip the Oedipus complex. But um, what psychoanalysis will construe is that it's always going to be measured against that, even if you're not being Oedipus at that time. They're just going to look at it from that narrow point of view, and uh, I-, I think. I don't, I don't know how well this explains it but I think the best way to sort of visualize it is they say put pretty explicitly that Oedipus psychoanalysis falls back upon Oedipus and uh, it appropriates all production as if that's that that was the genesis of everything
0: that <laughs> Anyone have any other comments on this paragraph before we move on? Because I think that was basically all that was said. Uh, we'll wait for Winter Rice's typing. Yeah, it's a phenomenal, this, the, the last, yeah, this, this fucking section is a trudge to get through, but they go through like this journey of incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult, and then starting to get more and more clear. Thank
1: God for it.
0: Um, you
3: know, I was, would- I was was really lost for a while reading chapter two, but what really helped was I just decided to reread chapter one really, really carefully. And what happens is you can almost start to tell how the whole story is going to go. If you read it really carefully.
0: I think that's fair. I've uh, I'm fortunate because I I've been doing a lot of the audio editing. So I've been going back through and re listening to everything and cutting parts up and fixing audio. So I am in my own way, sort of doing the same thing. And it helps so very much for this entire section because uh, chapter two in general is uh, so much more clinical and I think uh, difficult to understand if you don't have a lot of foundational reading behind it, uh, which has been helpful, uh, our side readings and these discussions. But going back to chapter to chapter one uh, and re-listening to everything we've talked through has been very much worth it. I suggest people do it. It helps. It helps edify some of the thoughts we've had here. I think. Yeah,
3: I mean, another thing that I've been doing is I'm not super familiar with uh, Lacan, but um, I w- there was a point where I wanted to read a little bit more Katari. So uh, what I did for this chapter was I found a bunch of really great introductory lectures to Lacan that pretty much give like a really good summary of his whole thought. But but they're not too long. In case you don't like have the, t- I don't have the time to read all of Lacan, so I, I'll link them later.
5: Yeah, I also think this last paragraph is is in reference to Lacan rather explicitly with the the real, symbolic, and imaginary distinction. It seems like this is where he's pointing.
3: And I mean, when they start talking about the signifiers on the body without organs. It's that it's that those poly polyvocal chains. That's I mean they also I think they say I don't remember we went over that yet. But they say that uh, Lacan was the first discovery of the of the body without organs as being a system of signs. Yes,
0: yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: but like oh, as oh. a. Like Lacan is—it's it's, it, the difference with for Blumenkantari is that it's completely polyvocal, and where Lacan was really restricted. I mean, uh, I just want to say that they're completely insane on those sign relationships. I mean, they say that you can have like I don't know, like a cow's foot or something. It's crazy.
0: Well, I think that the larger thing that they're talking about is the same thing they're talking about here, that uh, Lacan, and and I'm, I've always been a fan of his, um, at least I was for a very long time, um, and a lot of what he did was, I would almost say, for me, transitional between Freud and uh, schizoanalysis uh, as a concept. They spend a lot of time bringing that point home that, uh, aside from this this idea that we're having now about you know oedipus isn't necessarily the entire thing but pushing so deeply into the idea of how these semiotic chains can exist uh that are incredibly complex for the schizophrenic that they exist in a way that is outside of uh, the normal realm of the very simple triad Uh, a cow's foot is a great example of one that we definitely have Uh, All right. Uh, Who would like to jump into the next uh, paragraph? I'll go ahead and give it a read, then. Uh, But we know, in point of fact, the actual factors are there from childhood, and that they determine the libidinal investment in terms of breaks and connections that they introduce into the family. Over the heads of of the members of the family and underneath, it is desiring production and social production that manifest, through the childhood experience, their identical natures, and their differing regimes. In this regard, let us consider three important works about children. L'Enfant by Jules but i I'm not going to pronounce any of these correctly, I apologize, in advance. To anyone who speaks French or is French. Bas Le Cour by George Darian, More à uh, Crédit by L.F. Céline. In them, we see how bread, money, dwelling place, social promotion, bourgeois and revolutionary values, wealth and poverty, oppression and revolt, social classes, political events, metaphysical and collective problems. What does it mean to be able to breathe? Well, that's a good timing. Why be poor? Why are there rich people? Form the object of investments in which the parents merely have a role as agents of a special production or anti-production always grappling with other agents that they express all the less as they are increasingly at grips with them in the heaven and hell of the child. As the child says, why, Freud's rat man does not wait until he is a man to invest the rich woman and the poor woman, who constitute the actual factor of his obsession. For inadmissible reasons, the existence of an infantile sexuality is denied. But for hardly more admissible reasons. This sexuality is reduced to desiring mommy and watching the place of the father. The Freudian blackmail is this. Either you recognize the Oedipal character of infantile sexuality or you abandon all positions of sexuality. I am going to point out the two lines in here that that hit me a little emotionally. Uh, What does it mean to be able to breathe? uh, breathing is a phenomenal book. Varun has linked to it. Um, but the second line, uh, uh, want begging for the mother, uh, reduced to desiring mommy. Uh, if you haven't watched the video of Georgia's death, uh, that's still probably the worst moment I've, I've seen on video in a long time. um, Either you recognize the edible character of infantile sexuality, or you abandon all positions of sexuality. Uh, that's the Freudian blackmail, the uh, double bind, if you will. It, I wouldn't recommend people watch it. Uh, he he begs for his mom, which is uh, seeing a grown man do that is not not good. Um, hard for me not to think about that as we read this 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 paragraph apologies um i i I don't think there's any need to oedipalize it i I agree with that jack i just thought it was just timely um in a fucked up way (laughs) anyone have any thoughts i'm going to take a moment
2: well it's kind of amazing the synchronicity of some of these things in this uh, in this yeah,
3: reading we just happen to be doing. I'm just going to mention that I was kind of surprised that that book by uh, Bifo Berardi, like it opens up with. Um, uh, sorry, I forgot his name. The other black guy, and he said he also said, "I can't breathe." And it opens up with that direct quote: Eric Garner. Yeah, Eric Garner. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> But I mean, one of the things that happens with the nuclear family is that uh, the subject is left. I, I think that's what they're referring to back here is that the subject is uh, or the edipalized subject, to be more specific, is that uh, is uh, forced to uh, reference themselves uh, between uh, mommy and daddy, not the uncle, not, not the father's father. And uh, there is a restriction applied there.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. And for me, the the, st- the part that really sits out there is like the idea that you either have to make that recognition or you can't have a sexuality, right? So then you have no means of... Um, uh, so like, if you take this a step back, right? In, in some sense, what Deleuze and Guattari are saying is if you don't edipalize yourself in the um, on the couch, then you have to give up um, in terms of recording, right? Uh, in terms of uh, subjectivity, positions of sexuality that you, you know, that you've had or would like to have or one day would have, right? You either have but- to regulate all that at the vertices of the Oedipal or for, um, if you choose otherwise, uh, the idea is that it would be off the table. There'd be no way to understand them.
3: I mean, I, th- I think this is where we see – because, you know, the body without organs has a, almost has, – has two functions, right? The body without organs can be revolutionary, but at the same time, the body without organs has the locus for being a force of repression as well. And uh, in this case, that would be the paranoiac machine. So I, I think uh, specifically about this, case, the, this, this idea of uh, recognizing yourself within the father and the mother – so what they've denied is they've denied the full scale of the either or on the body without organs, right? They've denied that whole full scale, and it's it's been it's been limited to something, and that's that's the paranoia uh, element that's of uh, anti production that seems to be surviving.
1: I agree with you, but I also think there seems to be a level, of not necessarily just denying it, but also trying to sort of uh, weaponize it, right? By making someone choose, because um, where I see them say, uh, either you recognize the Oedipal character of infantile sexuality, or you abandon all positions of sexuality. You're right, there does seem to be a rejection of it, but it also seems to be a, a kind of um, sort of weaponizing of it. So it's an interesting sort of twist on the um, the disjunctive synthesis. I'm, I'm oh, sorry,
3: I'm confused by sorry. what you mean. By weaponizing. Could you? Sorry. Yeah. Well,
2: well, can, I, can, can, I, can I just interject there that, uh, you know, it, it's it's not just blackmail. It's also voyeuristic. And I think part of the violence is in the voyeurism of uh, psychoanalysis because, you know, the idea is that you reveal these secrets about yourself and then the, the analyst uh, forces an interpretation on those secrets
1: that is sexual Well, it's not just they force though you've got to agree to it and that's what's at stake here right isn't you're right there is it? you are is a a sort of um, expectation or a force going on there but if, if someone were to say no then psychoanalysis would be at a real bind so i i agree
2: well- with well they just say they they just say you're resisting. If you disagree with them, they just say you're resisting
1: Yeah, and then the blackmail comes and they're talking about right because they've got to get you to accept it.
2: And the, the patient is always wrong from their point of view. And and it's very interesting that um that Freud I mean they mentioned Wolfman, but the Wolfman disagreed with Freud's interpretation and wrote uh, against it. And so, you know, with the Wolfman article, you can juxtapose the how the Wolfman felt about uh, Freud's interpretation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're dead on with that. And it brings us back to, like, right, the, the problem of psychoanalysis and the genesis, right? It's the argument of familialism coming out, not only in terms of uh, who you are, but in terms of your sexuality, too. So I 100% agree with you
5: on that. we oh, read the next paragraph. Are you all ready?
6: Sure. Uh, I had something I wanted to say about this paragraph, though. Um, okay, go ahead. Going off of what Jacks just said about um, sexuality, uh, does that would that make sexuality the kind of afterword that they're talking about, where um, you know Oedipus? comes in at a certain stage, and then everything else in the social realm is after. Or, or
1: yeah, it, it, in a way, it's trying to get you as a subject to take on the pre and right? So part of consummating, uh, consum- consuming synthesis is to look back and say, oh, that's what it was, right? To, to understand your share of the production you consumed. And so uh, part of the move here of psychoanalysis is to introduce, like, uh, we we see this in the beginning, even with the oral stage, right, where um, a character in Beckett's play is putting rots in his mouth. And Deleuze and Gwadry ask the question, where is sexual pleasure coming into play? And the idea is that it's probably not. Uh, And so that's the the tension and conflict you're getting with this is... um, Without those psychosexual stages of development, right? Without saying, "Oh yes, you have an oral stage or an oral uh, problem going on here." Uh, if that's not what you're experiencing, and psychoanalysis will blackmail and say it can't interpret you, and then you're, you know, the idea is that then you're at a loss. Then you're, then you're a um, not a neurotic, but a, a psychotic, mm-hmm. as
5: they used to call it. Oh, the unanalyzable. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. i th- I think I think blackmail is a really beautiful word they've used to describe. I think it's it's a perfect word. Uh, I one way I'm trying to understand this too is through coordinates. Uh, that's why I was mentioning the either or, right? Uh, when they talk about coordinates on the body without organs, it's uh, you, you know you've been you've been you've been Forced into a specific way, and I think uh, I was I was interested. You brought uh, Muskie. You brought you brought you brought on Guattari because I think somewhere in the Machinic unconscious, I know it's in that book, but somewhere he has one essay on this. But I'm not looked in, in, enough Guattari to sort of specify.
6: Uh, yeah, when I said that, I was thinking about um, that essay. I think I leaked it like last week or the week before um, to have done with the massacre of the body, and um, I, I I don't have. Um, internet up right now so i can't quote it exactly but he says something like you know we want to end the institution of all identities imposed by the phallus we don't want to be heterosexual or homosexual man or woman possessor or possessed which is i guess what i was getting at is that that's sort of some of the like rhetorical brilliance when they say something like you have to accept oedipus or abandon all positions of sexuality what they really want everyone to do is abandon all positions of sexuality
1: yeah, but it wouldn't actually be—that's not actually what happens outside of the analyst room, um, right? You can still have a sexuality without finding yourself on the couch.
6: Yeah, they want to affirm that, though, right? You—you—you you, you, when you find yourself on the couch, you're gonna get edipalized. Uh, but. They want to uh, by like you know striking out against that sort of or you abandon all positions of sexuality thing. They they kind of want to affirm that you know that sexuality exists outside of the, the, the uh,
1: analyst's couch. I agree. Who's Okay. Through sixty okay. one.
5: Okay, um, and yet not even in the shadow of a transcendent phallus are the unconscious effects of a signified established throughout the determinations of a social field. On the contrary, it is a libidinal investment of these determinations that situates their particular use in desiring production and the comparative operation of this production with social production, whence derive the state of desire and its repression, the distribution of the agents, and the degree of oedipalization of sexuality. Lacan explains well how, in terms of the crisis and the ruptures within science, there is a drama for the scientist that at times goes as far as madness. And that would have no way of including itself in the Oedipal apparatus, unless by calling it into question by way of a consequence. In this sense, every child is a little scientist, a little cantor. Go back through the course of the ages, you will never find a child caught in a familial order that is autonomous, expressive, or signifying even the nursing child in his games, as in his feedings, his chains, and his meditations, is already caught up in an immediate desiring production where the parents play the role of partial objects, witnesses, reporters, and agents in a process that outflanks them on all sides and places desire in an immediate relationship with a historical and social reality. It is true that nothing is pre Oedipal and that we must take the Oedipus back to the earliest age but within the order of a repression of the unconscious. It is equally true that everything within the order of production is inedible and that there are non-edible, inedible currents that begin as early as Oedipus and continue just as long with another rhythm in a different mode of operation in another dimension with other uses of syntheses that feed the auto-production of the unconscious, the unconscious as orphan, the playful unconscious, the meditative and social
0: unconscious. Uh, Interesting lines in here. Uh, When when we start talking about, uh, in this sense, every child is a little scientist, a little cantor. Uh, And the asterisk, uh, the mathematician known for his theory of infinite numbers, Cantor, one of the very important... Mathematicians of our time. Um, go back through the course of ages, you will never find a child caught in the familial order that is autonomous, expressive, or signifying. Even the nursing child in his games, as in his feedings, his chains, and his meditations is already caught up in an immediate desiring production where the parents play the role of partial objects. Uh, seems to very much talk back to the idea that we do not start with Oedipus. It's not part of our setup, it's what we are learned, what we are trained. Said. So short version of this paragraph for everyone okay no
1: i think i agree with you uh with just the slight amending that if there is oedipus it is in that uh, it's in that real structuring that we're we're supposed to understand in contrast to the oedipus or the oedipal triangle that exists outside of that reality
0: feels like you'd have something to say here who me Varun maybe not all right uh, any last thoughts before we move on to the next paragraph is everyone still here we're having uh, issues with Craig so I just want to make sure we're still transmitting to people keeps disconnecting can't do you there hmm Jack can you hear me
1: yeah everything just fine
3: yeah I, I, I hear you guys too okay Sorry, I had make... my
2: I had my thing
0: on mute no problem I just want to make sure we're still transmitting because i this is gonna be a pain in the ass to edit later and I want I, sure I, I was
2: things. talking to you but you weren't hearing
0: <laughs> Good. Um, anyone have any last thoughts before we move on?
2: Well, I just I just like to mention at the beginning, is it talks about, not even in the shadow of the transcendental phallus are the unconscious effects of the signified established throughout the determinations of the social field. So, so this is the main thing in Lacan, right? There is a transcendental signifier that uh, represents lack, castration.
0: This seems to be a this would be a direct call out of him and that thought, because, again, the, the way that they treat lack is much more as though it's a material consequence rather than an actual missing part of stuff inside of you.
2: Yeah. So, no. so I just like I just like to mention that they they, they mentioned Cantor and Cantor did have episodes of mental illness.
3: And then for even for Lacan, the the phallus, uh, the phallus was the signifier without a signified.
0: All right. Uh, Who would like to read the next paragraph? All right, I'll do it. The Oedipal operation consists in establishing a constellation of biunivocal relations between the agents of social production, reproduction, and anti production on the one hand, and the agents of so called natural reproduction of the family on the other. This operation is called an application. It is as if a tablecloth were being folded, as if its four plus n corners were reduced to three. Plus one to designate the transcendent factor performing the operation, Uh, the cons lack, as Kent brought up. Uh, From that moment, it is a foregone conclusion that the collective agents will be interpreted as derivatives of or substitutes for parental figures. In a system of equivalence that rediscovers everywhere the father, the mother, and the ego. And one merely pushes the difficulty into the background when one considers the system as a whole, and then makes it depend on the transcendent term, the phallus. There we have a faulty use of the conjunctive synthesis, leading to the statement, so it was your father, so it was your mother. It is not at all surprising that only afterward it is discovered that all of this was the father and the mother, since this is assumed to be the case from the beginning, but it is subsequently forgotten repressed, though still subject to a later rediscovery in relation to more recent developments. Uh, Whence the magical formula that characterizes biunivocalization univocalization the flattening of the polyvocal real, in favor of a symbolic relationship between two articulations. So that is what this meant. Everything is made to begin with Oedipus. By means of explanation, with all the more certainty as one has reduced everything to Oedipus by means of application. <laughs> uh, to read the uh, footnote. Perhaps the reader would enjoy this parody of psychoanalytic logic in the author's French. No, no, we wouldn't. I won't be reading that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in French. <laughs> Perhaps in French. That's, That's great. Brilliant. That's brilliant.
1: I, I think part of our future has got to be that people can pay to have Brooks read French to them.
0: I... Can I be a French translator that gets to just write French in a book? Because <laughs> that feels like it's cheating. Just a thought.
2: But I don't understand.
0: What is the... Never mind. Um,
2: so so, 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 so i just like to mention that this folding becomes a, a big theme and uh, Deleuze's work, especially in his uh, book on Leibniz called The Fold. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's very interesting, the whole uh, relation of origami to, uh, to Euclidean geometry, that uh, there are sol- there are problems that Euclidean geometry could not solve with uh, compass and straight edge that uh, could have been solved um, uh, if they had just picked up the paper and started folding it that they were writing on, or parchment. So it's just a very interesting thing how because you can only have a straight edge and compass in Euclidean geometry, there's this restriction on action that in Descartes' time, they used to create machines so they could they could draw these uh, interesting curves that you could not draw with just a straight edge and a, um, and, a and a compass but also you, there were problems like the doubling of the cube that you could not solve in. Uh, Euclidean geometry that could be solved in Oregon.
3: Um, yeah, I, I'd just like to go back to uh, Kant here for a minute. So um, a logical paralogism for Kant is', is it's an incorrect use of the syllogistic form, and that means that essentially, um despite the fact that the content of the actual uh, phrase that's uh, occurred is that essentially, despite the fact that the content is uh, right or wrong, the, log- the logical form is still wrong and that's a paralogism. Um, so that means that in terms of Kant, right, what they're doing with the first, uh, with the first, uh, chapter especially is that essentially they're going ahead and saying what are the conditions that allow for the unconscious to be a possibility and that's the correct use so they're basically finding the correct use of the syllogistic form and uh um, when it comes to uh, to to chapter two they're finding the paralogisms when when psychoanalysis say says no those conditions are not real these are the real conditions and that's an error so what they're saying, the Oedipalized subjectivity that comes from psychoanalysis is this paralogism, and I forgive the forgive using the word paralogism so many times, but it just makes it easier to explain this, is that essentially uh, they have misunderstood this whole process. I think if any of you guys have seen the Claire Parnay interviews, uh, Deleuze says, I think he says that psychoanalysis was correct for the most part, but I don't think they understood anything. And uh, so what's happening here is, is that they, they didn't understand, you know, it's still kind of right, but they're not actually understanding where the form takes place and the origin of the things. And hence, uh, I think that's what they're saying really explicitly in this uh, in this uh, section here when they say that we have a faulty use of the conjunctive synthesis leading to the statement, so it was your father, so it was your mother. And I guess it comes back to, you know, once you're restricted in the nuclear family to uh, this uh, uh, you know, this poor man's form of social reproduction, you get, uh, you, the either or is destroyed. Essentially it's a paranoiac state in the body without organs.
2: But, but the reason they're doing this is because the, uh, you know, psycho uh, psychoanalysis is supporting the power structure, you know, the patriarchal power structure that's dominant. And, uh, and, and that, that particular, uh, you know, form of psychology is uh, is uh, allotting blame within society so that society doesn't have to change. So, uh, so by by allotting blame and and blaming the family, then ultimately blaming the individual, then uh, because they're to blame, we don't have to change any social forms. All right. I'm going
0: to go ahead and uh, uh, keep reading. Uh, not the French part, obviously. Uh, only in appearance is Oedipus' beginning, either as a historical or prehistorical origin or as a structural foundation. In reality, it is a completely ideological beginning for the sake of ideology. Oedipus is always and solely an aggregate of destination fabricated to meet the requirements of an aggregate of departure constituted by a social formation it can be I, uh,
3: sorry. I, I just wanted to stop right there because i think that line's perfect
0: okay i will reread it oedipus is always and solely an aggregate of destination fabricated to meet the requirements of an aggregate of departure constituted by a social formation please it. Go into
3: life, perfect. Uh, And it goes back to exactly that point about the paralogism, right? It's uh, essentially that, despite the fact, what made uh, Freud's discovery so easy was that the social conditions were like this at that time, where social production had organized itself uh, to allow for something like an Oedipus to come come true, and uh, um, where. What, what what essentially what they're saying here is, look, there's a whole bigger structure. That's it. It's, uh, that there's a lot more.
2: A good case study of this is Adorno's book on Kierkegaard, where he analyzes Kierkegaard's philosophy from the point of view of the 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 uh, you know b- bourgeois family and uh, and his uh, relationship to the bourgeois household so so you know the formation of the bourgeois household uh gives you this nuclear family complex to point to to a, a lot blame well,
0: it, it it, But it's worth reading the rest of it before we continue to analyze it because they do expand a bit um, it can be applied to everything in that the agents and relations of social production and the libidinal investments corresponding to them are made to conform to the figures of familial reproduction. In the aggregate of departure, there is the social formation, or rather, the social formations: The races, classes, continents, peoples, kingdoms, and sovereignties, Joan of Arc and the great Mongol, Luther and the Aztec serpent. In the aggregate of destination, there remains only daddy, mommy, and me.
3: Yeah, I mean... uh... Well, I think Muskie also brought out a, a great point about the prohibition of incest, right? Uh that in the nuclear family when they say, No, I don't want to fuck my mother, uh the desire when they when they deny that uh desiring connection, uh your desiring connection is actually created for Oedipus to for, for the subject to have this fantasy of fucking their mother. But sorry, that goes a bit off topic. I, I didn't I don't want to Get of that off topic, but uh, what they're saying here is that well, I think what they're saying essentially is that you know, psychoanalysis is not a materialist psychiatry, so how the hell would they know all this shit?
1: Yeah, but I, I think they answer that question in that line you um, you read earlier, where it's that they they know they can make these moves by using Oedipus as a destination to understand all the fragmentations. Well, and,
0: and I would say that in the aggregate of destination, because I, I I would ask, because this is the thing, I think, for people who've read more of these texts, um, what do they mean by destinations in this context?
3: I mean, I interpret it personally as teleology. I, th- I think in the first chapter, word, please.
2: Yeah, earlier they were talking about uh, origins and... Uh, I did I don't think they use the word destination but they use another word for the kind of tele- teleological endpoint.
3: Yeah yeah in chapter, in chapter 1 and the first I think the first like two pages when they talk about DH Lawrence they talk about the schizophrenic process being ended which creates the autistic rag uh, which is essentially what uh, what the clinical as schizophrenic is when all the produ- when when all the connections are denied to a full body without organs.
2: So, uh, so, so in in here it says in reality it is completely ideological beginning for the sake of ideology, and and so I think that that's the way to kind of read this is this is a critique of ideology in general, not just specifically about Freudianism and Oedipus.
1: To take it a slightly different way, uh, a common motive for the post-structuralists is to talk about points of departure. Foucault, Derrida, and even Deleuze have uh, used those terms. And so, as I see it, like uh, it's taking an event at its departure, which is the um, let me see here, the aggregate departure constituted by a social formation. So it's looking at social occurrences as a point of departure so as to make that kind of nomadic point toward the Oedipal as a destination, right? So it gives your point of departure and your interpretation, um, like they're saying, a kind of a telos, but more so an ending point, so as to arrive at the Oedipal. Yeah,
3: and I mean, that's part of a uh, removing connections right to say that uh, I, I think i want to go back and reread that part in like the first three pages of the book where they talk about the, the cause, you casino know, desiring production the and 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 uh, synthesis what that does is the schizophrenic table it's not really a table it never reaches product identity it's always uh, it's always being morphed into something cumbersome and something completely insane off the table and uh what 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 happens with with the body without organs and in this case i'm trying to use oedipus as a model to, uh, to correlate that with is that when the process gets ended you get an identity and that can only be done with the body without organs and so yeah, uh, yeah and Table, uh, w- w- what jack farts just saying when the table is produced as a product identity then it then then i think that's what they're referring to is body without organs but um I essentially when when the when the connections have been uh, denied into an end goal, that's what I'm understanding by this passage here. And that's what I'm understanding by their use of Oedipus here.
1: Yeah, it's a way of um, talking about consummating, consuming uh, synthesis, right? Just like you're saying, it's a way of producing an identity, or more so um, to understand desiring production as that that residue of subjectivity uh, and consumption, right? Which can be as as I think they're critiquing the psychoanal- uh, analysts for this, is sort of moved uh, hermeneutically into um, the Oedipal so as to ignore the consummating consumption, but also try to perform a new consummating consumption in the act of interpretation by getting you to consume the Oedipal and take it on.
0: All right. I, I I think actually they talk about this in the next paragraph. Um, I think we are, uh, I don't think we're aiming for the whole chapter at this point. Again, this is incredibly dense. I think we are going to uh, finish up a couple more paragraphs. We, we really need to speed it up if we're going to try to get through this. So uh, I'm going to just start reading and uh, get through the next paragraph, and let's uh, try to see what we can get through. Uh, Thus it must be said of Oedipus, as well as of desiring production. It is at the end, not at the beginning, but not at all in the same fashion. We have seen that desiring production was the limit of social production, always thwarted thwarted in the capitalist formation. The body without organs, at the edge of the deterioralized socius, the desert at the gates of the city. But it is urgent, it is essential that the limit be displaced, rendered inoffensive, and that it pass or seem to pass into the social formation itself. Schizophrenia, or desiring production, is the boundary between the molar organization and the molecular multiplicity of desire. This limit of deterritorialization must now pass into the interior of the molar organization. It must be applied to the factitious and subjugated territoriality. We are now able to surmise what Oedipus signifies. It displaces the limit. It internalizes the limit. Rather a society of neurotics than one successful schizophrenic who has not been made autistic. Oedipus, the incomparable instrument of gregariousness, is the ultimate private and subjugated territoriality of European man. Moreover, the displaced exercise limit of bo- or border shifts to the interior of Oedipus between its two poles all right yeah we're not going to make it through this whole chapter um so uh to read one more time uh uh the section uh we are now able to surmise what oedipus signifies it displaces the limit it internalizes the limit Please, if anyone has any thoughts, I don't.
3: Uh, I think this is the this is the fascism in our minds that Foucault is referring
0: to? Referring to in,
3: I mean, it's just, it's just I don't think it's a very flushed out thought, and I don't think it's really. I mean, it's just a, I'm just had I just had this thought maybe. To push it somewhere, but is that what Foucault means by uh, the fascism in our own heads—that we've internalized these factors, right? Uh, that that we we uh, essentially we want uh, we want to be edipalized to a certain degree. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, uh, a couple. I think uh, three, four weeks ago with Jordan Peterson as an example where Jordan Peterson construes this idea of, you know, there are people who actually call him daddy and they actually want, you know, give me the 12 rules for life, the 12 rules for success.
0: Right. Well, and, and, and that speaks to, I mean, it's generally the same people who called him daddy Trump uh, and Lord emperor and all of that fun stuff. Uh, the desire, <laughs> the the desire to be oppressed and repressed by a father figure by the law. I don't know, I, uh, uh, it springs to mind there was a video from Flint, uh, of, which is one of the poor, most oppressed, little, awful, sad cities, um, and the Black people who live there have had to deal with uh, not only, you know, violence and extreme poverty, but also water that they can't drink. Uh, it's a horrific little location and uh the police came out for the black lives matter sit, sit, uh, thing there and it's a famous video now so the the sheriff putting down his baton and his helmet and doing a parade with them and they were more than happy they were so ecstatic and uh, my immediate response actually was to analyze the situation i went well it's having after after all of that oppression all of that being beat down there must be something nice uh, and safe about having the law enforcement dad, the father of the situation, uh, treat you so nicely and walk with you, when in reality, all you're doing is just saying that his oppression is okay, and you're thanking him for it. Uh, felt like an interesting moment. Is that, is that fairly close, Farun, to what you were talking about? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I guess in real-world examples. I've, I've not seen the clip, so I can't really
0: I – can't, I can't 100% argue, I say I agree with you. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Um, I, I think I posted it in the politics discussion. It's it's uh, just to go back to uh, what you were talking about, though, is uh, the incomparable instrument of gregariousness is Oedipus. the ultimate private and subjugated territoriality of the European man. Um. So the desire of the European man to be placed into that box and to fit there in the service, ultimately of, I mean, ultimately, it's in the service of the body without organs. Um, I'll continue reading. One word here on the disgrace of psychoanalysis in history and politics. The procedure is well known. Two figures are made to appear, the great man and the crowd. One then claims to make history with these two entities, these two puppets the great crustacean and the crazy invertebrate. Oedipus is placed at the beginning. On the one side, there is the great man find Oedipoli. So he killed the father in a murder without end, either to annihilate him and identify with the mother or to internalize him, to take his place or reach a reconciliation with a host of variations in detail that correspond to neurotic, psychotic, perverse or normal solutions. That is to say solutions of sublimation. In any case, This great man is already great because, for good or evil, he has found a certain original solution to the Oedipal conflict. Hitler annihilates the father and unleashes in him the forces of the bad mother. Luther internalizes the father and reaches a compromise with the superego. On the other side, there is the crowd, also defined Oedipally, by means of parental images of the second order, this time collective. The encounter can therefore take place between Luther and the 16th century Christians or between Hitler and the German people with corresponding elements that do not necessarily imply identity. Hitler plays the role of father through homosexual transfusion and in relation to the female crowd. Luther plays the role of woman in relation to the God of the Christians. Naturally, to ensure against the historian's justified anger, the psychoanalyst specifies that he is concerned only with a certain causal order that one must take other causes into account, but that he alone cannot do everything. Besides, he deals with just enough with other causes so as to give us a foretaste. He takes into account the institutions of a period, from the 16th century church to the 20th century capitalist power, if only to see in them parental images of yet another order, associating the father and the mother, who will then be disassociated and otherwise regrouped within the actions of the great man and the crowd. It hardly matters whether the tone of these books is orthodox Freudian, culturist, or Jungian. (laughs) Books like those are nauseating. I'm going to keep reading because I think it flows. Let's not dismiss them by saying that they belong to the distant past of psychoanalysis. Similar books, a lot of them are still written today. Let's not say it is merely a question of a careless use of Oedipus. What other use could be made of Oedipus? Nor is it a case of an ambiguous dimension of applied psychoanalysis? For all Oedipus, Oedipus in and of itself is already an application in the strictest sense of the word. And when the best psychoanalysts forbid themselves historical political applications, we can't say things are much better since the analysts retreat to the rock of castration presented as the locus of an untenable truth that is irreducible. They closet themselves in phallocentrism that leads them to think of the analytic activity as always having to evolve within a familial microcosm. And they continue to treat the libido's direct investments on the social field as simple imaginary dependencies on Oedipus. Where it becomes necessary to denounce a fusional dream, a fantasy of a return to oneness. Castration, they say, is what separates us from politics. It's what makes for our originality as analysts. We who do not forget that society, too, is triangular and symbolic. I feel like we should just charge through and continue to read, because this is still, uh...
3: A very similar point. I don't think we need to dive into it. It's pretty much the same thing again, in my opinion.
0: If it is true that Oedipus is obtained by reduction or application, it presupposes in itself a certain kind of libidinal investment of the social field, of the production and the formation of this field. There is no more an individual Oedipus than there is an individual fantasy. Oedipus is a means of integration into the group in both the adaptive form of its own reproduction that makes it pass from one generation to the next and in its unadapted neurotic stasis that block desire at prearranged impasses. Oedipus also flourishes in subjugated groups where an established order is invested through the group's own repressive forms. And it is not the forms of the subjugated group that depend on edible productions and identifications, but the reverse. It is edible applications that depend on the determinations ter- of the subjugated group as an aggregate of departure on the libidinal investment. From the age of 13, I've worked hard, rising on the social ladder, getting promotions, being part of the exploiters. There is therefore a segregative use of the conjunctive synthesis of the unconscious, a use that does not coincide with divisions between classes, although it is is an incomparable weapon in the service of a dominating class. It is this use that brings about the feeling of indeed being one of us, as being part of a superior race threatened by enemies from outside. Thus, the little white pioneer's son, the Irish Protestant who commemorates the victory of his ancestors, the fascist who belongs to the master race.
3: I think we need to slow down here. Yeah. Um, I I think that when they were talking about subjugated groups, I I think maybe that was a better, uh, the the Oedipus in a subjugated group, I I I think that that might have been a better uh, example for talking what you're talking about with the police officer. Am I right to say that?
0: Yes, I I think so. Uh, And I think uh, what we're able to see in general, the the subjugated group as you hear them talking and you hear people screaming it's about the police it's about this not to edipolize I'm gonna edipolize feel free to shit on me uh, the they're yelling about law enforcement which is literally the name of the father is the law the the society so it's very uh, wrapped in and of itself and so when the police say something nice or they seem to be on your side as the oppressed uh, it is uh, the same uh, as, you know, an abusive father who takes you out for ice cream.
1: Yeah, but I think you're performing the hermeneutics that they're um, critiquing, right? Which is No, the... no, they're shitting on what I'm saying, for sure. Okay, okay, just making sure. Yeah, no, no, I mean, for no. sure.
0: But, but the, uh, the it, issue is, that, uh, like, we see this analysis happening all around us of people talking about, uh, it's the... the, the, the the rioters, the looters, the protesters versus the law. It is them against the father. It is them like this analysis, this triangulation, is something that has seeped into a very, very clear. Like here is the position of the child. Here is what is acceptable of the child. It's the news media is doing this actively with the protesters. You're allowed to do these following things, but you're not allowed to do these other things. That's an edification at a basic level of the protesters,
1: especially. <laughs> Especially with the use of the word curfew, right? There's nothing more adolescent than being told you can't go out uh, after dark.
0: <laughs> it's is four o'clock. Fuck after dark. What is four o'clock curfew? Who does that?
6: Oh, my God. It's four o'clock down there.
1: <laughs> See? And this is the adolescence of it. Oh, my God. It's four o'clock. It's... Not to make fun of you, but that's the. No, one, right. <laughs> it, it does make you feel adolescent to give you to be given a curfew.
6: Yeah, well, and it's a that's that is itself like a tool, right? The making the protesters seem adolescent by making them have a curfew is a way of making them, you know, unpopular or like weakening their movement or any number of things you can use such a tool for.
0: Conversely, Conversely, acting like the police are the father or our or the government or we have the idiot in the White House, but Christ, we have an idiot in the governor's mansion, we have an idiot in the police department, we have idiots everywhere, that everyone is effectively a child. But by treating one side as the child, by nature our society edipalizes the entire triangle. And we're talking about at that point of saying, Oh, it's if if the rioters are the children, then the law is the is the father and they know what they're doing, and that's why people like my dad and all these other people watch the police and they go, "Well, the police—they wouldn't do that if—if if it wasn't." It's like, no, they—they they happily beat the shit out of people. They're—they're they're not the father. They're not actually the dad by giving them that authority, by giving them that sort of learned standard inside of that uh, that triangulation. Uh, it gives them so much power, so much power at a political level.
6: So, I have. <sighs> I have a funny yeah. moment that I think speaks to the um, sort of projection that you're talking about where you project like fatherly attributes onto the police um, I was watching the news about the LA riots and someone, one of the commentators said you know the police are really reluctant to arrest these people <laughs> and it's just hilarious to me because that's their job. like no they're not it's so, uh, it's patently a projection <laughs>
3: I, I agree with Jack Apart's uh, point, though. I, I think Brooks really did Oedipalize himself to a certain degree with that example. But uh, I don't want to get too lost up in that. I think uh, what I want to go into is that they talk about this idea of master race and uh, one class being superior to the other when there is uh, an incorrect use of the conjunctive synthesis as construed by psychoanalysis. Um uh, so, 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 what the point that I think they're making is that when, when we are fo- forced to s- situate ourselves and uh, and these sort of amplified um, subjectivities, what we're creating is we're creating these hierarchies of uh, uh, of uh, we're better or they're worse than us and us and them uh, versus uh, versus the other in group out group thing. Where the uh, losing guitar for the losing guitar, it's a very uh, thing with the, with the schizos. Understanding of the conjunctive synthesis is considered to say something like, I am everyone and anyone, I am no one and everyone, something like that. Whereas, uh, uh what, what 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 where Oedipus subjectivity is coming is they're saying, No, you must identify with these two things. And I think they're making the argument for that's where this idea of the master race, where one one person is, one subjectivity is superior to the other, that's coming in. Uh, I I I have a, I'm not super well read in Nietzsche by any definition, but I have a hunch it has something to do with Nietzsche's theory of guilt. So if, if anyone is familiar with that and would like to jump in, I appreciate that. Uh,
1: you're talking about resentment. But um, if I could expand on what you said before someone t- jumps in on that, I think you're right. Um, except I think you got to focus on the how of it which is to say that Oedipus is a means of integrating people into groups, of grouping things off. There's no individual Oedipus, just like there's no individual fantasy. Like we saw in a previous chapter, uh, you plug yourself into the Oedipal, which is how these things can be constructed and maintained. And I I think what's really critical is where they write, it's the Oedipal application that depends on the determinations of the subjugated group as an aggregate of departure And on their libidinal libidinal investment, from the age of 13, I've worked hard, rising on the social ladder, getting promotions, being a part of the exploiters. I think it's that that question of the apparatus of how to do these things that really speaks to what Varun is getting at.
0: So I tossed a pole into the... uh... Uh, Chad, if you would give thumbs up. My vote is that uh, we actually start closing out having a last last few closing thoughts on this. There are there are only five paragraphs left, but they are dense as hell paragraphs. And I would think that our next reading, we could actually spend some time going through this and then actually go through the entire uh, section and sort of have a full recap uh, for everyone. Uh, The next handful of sections are all going to be, I think, easily doable within two hours. So this is our last one for a bit that is going to be long. And I think it's worth us going over all the ideas. So uh, it looks like everyone seems to be agreeing with that in principle. So we are going to do that for now. Uh, Is there any last thoughts on the reading today before we start closing out? Um, first, let me apologize okay. for Oedipalizing myself in of all readings, Anti-Oedipus.
4: <laughs> I was actually just going to, I was riding my bike, but I just wanted to contribute as well, because I think it, it's interesting what you said, uh, Brooks, about how like society is kind of like already Oedipalizing these narratives. But I think, you know, we, we, I, I agree with everyone that we should also be cautious of the way that we kind of like read it easily read these things and in our own analysis because even the example of Flint and other things like there's so many subtle ways of taking away people's agency in these narratives are like oh it's all provocateurs it's actually all about the father and it's I feel like it, the very delusion thing in this scenario to do would be to just take a step back from that and think okay well maybe there's actually really exp- explainable or, or even not but there's other reasons that lead people to do these things that might be strategic they might be a lack of strategy they might be all kinds of things but like yeah, the, the, those infantilized moves where it's like people people can't riot because they want to, it's because they're being manipulated people can't make bad coalitions because they think it's a good idea, it's because they, they worship the the state as a father figure, And I mean, I know that stuff's happening and I think they would probably say there's an aspect of that reality as we are edipalized. but that there's always an excess to that, I guess and that maybe that's what we should be thinking about in relation to like stuff that's happening now I agree and I think there's a
0: uh, we, we may want to instead of waiting a week. Actually, we use re- tomorrow's review session to finish off the last few paragraphs and then do a review of the section overall. We'll talk through that. But for now, I think uh, we're approaching the two o'clock mark. Uh, I want to thank all of you for joining to uh, reinforce Alyosha's point. The reason we like having so many of you here is all of you have valuable lenses to see this through, and all of us have our own lens, and it's very difficult to see your own bullshit and to see what causes you to sort of dismiss things, and I think all of us are trying to get away from that. Uh, certainly, it's the intention of this text, so uh, please get more involved. Start posting Uh Let's have some discussions and uh, let's uh, try to regroup again tomorrow and see what we can get through. It should be a really great time and uh, thank you all for joining. Um, Please stay safe out there. If you join any of the protests, uh, be watching them, be watching for comrades, be watching for friends, be watching for fellow Delusians. Um, It's a terrifying place out there right now.